that is something that that helped me through just the natural, you know, the natural rejection that you face on a day-to-day basis being an actor um, and pursuing a craft that can also, that can oftentimes feel really really thankless. Welcome to Jesus and Juliet. Um, I am back. It has been uh, a little while. We kind of got off course, but um, we are back now. And I am here with Grace Vitalik. Um, she is, I got in touch with her on Instagram, oddly enough. I mean, not oddly enough, because we're in 2020. So um, that's pretty common. And I was just really interested in talking to her and she gladly accepted. Um, And so I just want to tell you guys a little bit about her. Uh, Currently, Grace is living in the great state of Nebraska, where she is from due to COVID at this time. But she normally resides in New York City. She moved there after graduating from the University of Michigan with a degree in musical theater She has most recently played Juliet in Romeo and Juliet at Red House Arts. She can be seen as Eliza in High Maintenance Season 3. She played Mercy Faith in the world premiere of One Hit Wonder, directed by Hunter Foster. And her other credits include Paulina in The Winter's Tale and Kitty in A A Man of No Importance. She worked for the University Musical Society as an education and community engagement intern and was selected as one of their 21st century artist interns in the summer of 2017. Okay, so one of the really funny things is I was looking at your Instagram and your um, and looking at your the beautiful pictures that you have, honestly, and and then I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> My podcast is called Jesus and Juliet, and you play Juliet. I was like, that, like, what's serendipity? Yeah, I know. So what, what is it about, um, you posted a few pictures on your Instagram about that, um, about playing that character. What was your favorite thing about that character or even just that performance or that whole production? Oh, totally. Diving into Shakespeare or like really exciting text of any kind is my favorite thing to do. Um, Shakespearean studies um, are also one of my, my, my favorite things to do, like in the arts, um, because every sentence is like seven levels deep. Every sentence, um, you can analyze the rhyme scheme, you can analyze um, the context within which it was written, you can analyze the actual language itself, um and so it's just it's so academic which is actually what I think I love about it um and I also think Juliet specifically um tends to be played in kind of this um this wilting way where I really find her to be extraordinary and strong and um um exciting um, so I, I had I had a lot of fun with that role, just kind of with the analysis, um, and then with the um, the strength of the. Character. Did you um, did you at all feel like you related to her? I I noticed in some of your quotes that it, it felt like there was a comparison. Did you kind of feel like you related to um, to that character at all? Yeah. I mean, I think what's 
what's amazing about Shakespeare and why, you know, he still performed so often and why his books are still done so often is that he writes about relatable things, right? Like he writes about, um, specifically in Romeo and Juliet, that first feeling of falling in love that is so, so relatable to everyone. Um, that kind of like head over heels, can't think straight, um, earth shattering uh, first love experience. Um, and then also the feeling of, you know, what happens when we lose, when we lose that. Um, and how, how formative that can be. Um, and so, and also, also just the, the, um, the fight that she has, like the, the feeling of fighting for something um, is, is, uh, is very relatable to me. So I just, I love Juliet. I relate to her on a multitude of different levels. So I want to, um, let's go back to um, kind of when you were in college. I do have a large uh, university audience. And, um, and so if you listen to past episodes, you can hear kind of the same struggles. There's like just a, a, a definite thread of struggling with, you know, popping out of high school and going into, especially a lot of them were in um, Christian high schools and going into university programs at, at colleges um, and kind of having to learn how to process all of that and process all the different people and personalities and, um, and, and shows and, and all of that. So what, um, if you could just tell us kind of, did you have any sort of experience in that where you felt out of place or did you totally feel in place or, or how was your first, first time at college like? That's a great, um, a great question. I think to, uh, to a certain extent, um, being, you know, from the middle of the country, um, and then also being a Christian, um, and there were a couple other factors too that played into that feeling of kind of being closeted um, in in your own industry or in your own program. Um, that was that was a pretty strong, pretty overwhelming feeling I I felt, and you know continued to feel up up through when I got to New York really, um, and discovered and discovered um kind of the Christian community within New York. Um, being involved with with Redeemer you know, Church in New York kind of changed changed all of that for me. Um, but you know, going to University of Michigan, I got there, and it it takes you a while to kind of get plugged in. And I can't say that I was really ever you know plugged into a real Christian community at Michigan. So yeah, it was it was very isolating. Um, but that was that was also something that I was excited about. You know, experiencing. Um, and being around and being influenced by people with um, different viewpoints, different ideas, different religions, um, I was excited to to explore, to explore, and 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 yeah. Michigan was certainly that. Did you? Yeah. Did you, everybody explored in college. <laughs> Did you have? Um, so, would you call yourself when you were in college? Would you still call yourself Christian? Um, and you just weren't practicing as much or what, what was that like? To 
good question. Um, I, I would definitely still call myself Christian. Um, it has always been kind of the foundation of my life, um, those Christian values. <clears throat> but I, I definitely questioned and kind of pushed against Christianity um, during those years of my life. And I would say I did that in high school too. Um, really like challenging, challenging it against other religions, um, against other faiths, against other uh, uh, worldviews. Um, I was always, I was always questioning and always wanting to know more and always wanting to prove to myself that it really was the best, you know, right. the best worldview, the, the, <laughs> the least valuable right. religion, you know? Um, and so I, I dated a Jewish boy for three years and in, in college and, um, was really, uh, really had kind of an inside, an inside scoop on Judaism. And I, uh, took several world religions classes and, um, was really intrigued by the way that other people saw the world too. Where are your parents yeah. Christian? They are. They How are. did they think about yeah. you having a Jewish boyfriend? They... <laughs> <laughs> um, they, that's a great question. They were, they were not super enthused at the beginning, but I think that, you know, if you're getting to know him and getting to know his family, um, they, they, they really warmed up to him Yeah. by the end uh, because, you know, they still see the world from um, like a biblical mm-hmm. point of view. It's just a, you know, a different ending to the story. Right. So to speak. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned this before. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but my husband's mom is, uh, or was, they were Jehovah witness and um, I was oh. raised Catholic and I remember I was with him and we're hanging out in his apartment. This is 17 years ago. And we're hanging out in his apartment and his mom is on the phone. And um, and his relationship with his parents were, was a little bit rocky. He kind of left. Um, he got emancipated um, because of that religion. He didn't want to be a part of it. And she was still very much in it at that time. She isn't anymore. But I remember her getting on the phone with me and her questioning Catholicism and I remember being like, whoa, this is the first time I've ever had someone yeah. like not be okay with me because of my religion. Like it was the weirdest thing. And I was like, what? It's such a common religion. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But having those, having those relationships and those conversations only, I feel like in my life, at least that has only served as, you know, kind of a, a, um, a strengthening yeah. um, in my own faith. Like when, when, when it's pushed back against or when your politics are pushed back against, you know, you, you, you either your opinions change or you grow more rooted in those things. And yeah. So I think having those conversations with people. Yeah. So it important. was, um, it's something we laugh about now because she isn't that anymore, but um, but I think I was just, mm-hmm. um, I was so young that I didn't even know what to say. <laughs> I think I was just in shock. So when you talk about college and your time at university of Michigan, 
Um, it seems like you were obviously really open to meeting new people and exploring any of that. Is there any point where, where you had struggles? You know, I, I struggled in a lot of different respects at University of Michigan. Um, and I think that it was, uh, those struggles were important. I didn't, I didn't so much struggle with content of show, um, but I did struggle against kind of that um, ideological um, homogeny that you find at, oftentimes within the arts community and within other, other communities as well. But I've, I've really found that in the arts where people, you know, there is, there is a kind of a majority viewpoint um, and then there is everybody else. And to, to, to think differently is, um, can be difficult and can, uh, it can bring a lot of kind of persecution and ridicule into your life. Um, and so I struggled, um, I struggled against that a lot in college. Um, and I'd say I'm still kind of struggling against that now. Um, but like I said, it makes you stronger. It, it makes you stronger. In your yeah, I... I would imagine that moving to New York and being in the arts would be 10 times more difficult than being in college and being in the arts and being Christian. Um, Almost to the point where I feel like I would be scared. It's, and if I feel like if I feel that and I'm not, you know, I haven't lived in New York city and I haven't been in shows. If I've experienced that here, I can't imagine what, what you've experienced there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, what's interesting is actually I find living in New York as a Christian to be a hundred times easier because the Christian, the Christian community, when I, well, actually (laughs) when I moved to New York, I had a really good friend kind of dupe me into coming to the questioning Christianity lectures that Tim Keller gives at Redeemer, um, which is the Presbyterian church that I'm a member of in New York. And um, through that, I was exposed to this kind of entire world of um, Christian literature, Christian intellectual literature specifically. Um, And Tim Keller, people call him an apologist. And he, he, he also does that like kind of deep work of pitting Christianity against other religions. And that is what this, um, this, this lecture series was about. And it was really um, eye-opening to me. And then that introduced me to the entire world of, of, of Christian community, which has become so important in my life. Um, and um, the Christian community in New York is on fire. Wow. Like it's amazing. God is doing incredible things in New York City. Um, and Christian Christian culture is just is just growing tenfold every year um, in New York. And so to be kind of in that Christian culture where people are, people are so vocal and so on fire is awesome. Um, I can't say that I, I was plugged into any Christian community um, in my hometown or in Michigan that felt that way. Um, and so I feel feel very privileged to be privy to that in New York, for sure. Do you feel, um, 
that by moving out there and connecting with the Christian community and being in that, do you feel like you're, you've placed yourself into a bubble at all within New York or do you, are you, um, do they talk about actively going into the entertainment entertainment industry right now is going through a huge (laughs) upheaval. I definitely feel like God is doing a lot of really deep work right now, just in, um, you know, on earth, but, but definitely within the entertainment industry. And, um, do you feel like you, that they are going into they meaning not just your Christian community, but, but Christians in New York, that they are, that they are bringing people in, that they are trying to go out and, and um, mentor and disciple to other people and kind of bring them in. I do. I do. Um, And I feel like that is, that's, that's the work, right? Like that's the calling. Mm -hmm. If you're a Christian, then it is your, then it is, it is, it is the purpose of your life to share that with the world and share what it is you found with the world. And in New York, I find that people are so on fire and so bold that, you know, it, that, that is, that is, that is a really powerful, powerful part of Christianity in New York is just people's, um, people's minds and hearts toward action. Um, which is something, you know, something that I, that I feel, um, feel really strongly about. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's, we're not called to be in a bubble. We're not called to be insular. We're called to bring people in. And I find, I find that that is, that is, that's been, that's been really powerful. What are your thoughts about what's going on right now? And do you think that, I, I know that at this current moment, you're not in NYC. Um, but do collectively like do they feel that does um yeah I think you know the arts um the arts has always been like very diverse and progressive um at least since I've been involved um and um there is a big emphasis emphasis on um diversity within artistic communities there was at Michigan um, there is in New York, and I feel like, you know, even, even still, the arts community is growing, um, and the Christian community is growing in that respect, um, and we're feeling kind of a lot of the, a lot of the, the right. growing pains, um, you know, right now. Um, I feel like um, it's a difficult, it's a difficult topic because, you know, the church for so long has been um has been silent on issues of 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 racial justice and i feel like even you know now um you kind of see redeemer um and other christian organizations in new york especially um being very vocal about about these about these social justice movements um and you know, having to be very, very diplomatic, um, so as not to isolate any one demographic. Um, it, but it, you know, the point is that it's definitely being felt. I think it's being felt everywhere. 
in every industry. Right. So when you're in New York and you are going through the process of um, finding roles and going to auditions, what is that process like as, um, as a Christian? Is that different from someone else? Or, you know, do you have your own kind of things that you do in order your own um, procedures, <laughs> for lack of a better term, um, that you follow to, um, to make sure that you're getting into a, a role that's going to be glorifying to God, you know what I mean? And, and to you. That's a good question. Uh, I feel like, you know, people, Christians, Christians across the spectrum have different views about um, how to go about auditioning or what roles to go about auditioning for. I personally, um, in my own life, at least, um, have felt like as an actor in any role, um, you are just telling the story of somebody's experience. So um, I, you know, I have less qualms about, um, you know, certain roles than other Christians do. Um, and I, I am, I am, of course, like, if the text isn't good, if like the project isn't of quality, then that's a different story. Um, but I, I am really willing to, if the text is of, of, um, you know, exceptional quality and, um, the story is compelling. If you are, if you're acting, you are, you are just portraying somebody's experience. Um, and as long as you go about that work, um, with integrity, um, it can be glorifying. Do you get a chance to read the text before you audition or, and have you ever received a role and then, um, I'm guessing it might be different. I'm thinking film, but you've probably always read the play first before you've auditioned because you're able to do that. It's a little bit different for film because they don't have the script yet. Well, it is, it is different for film, but a lot of what I audition for um, are new works. So the script isn't necessarily out there. A lot of times there will be source material um, that you can read before you head into an audition. And obviously they will give you like sides and songs, clips, of, you know, um, uh, cuts of songs. Um, but sometimes you're kind of going in a little bit blind, like not really sure what they want from the character because in all honesty, a lot of times they just don't know. Um, and so that's actually what is most exciting to me is like being a part of, of the development and being, being able to kind of have your creative fingerprints on something because that's such a, a unique experience that actors don't, actors don't get a lot of the time. Like to have that kind of autonomy, that kind of um, creative agency um, is not something that actors are gifted with often. And so those works are my favorite works where you kind of are right. going in blind. Have you ever gotten a role and then read the script and been like, whoops, <laughs> I should <laughs> not be doing this. You know? <laughs> or have you been lucky? <laughs> you know, I have I have, I've been lucky. I haven't, I have it. I have it, but I, I guess we'll cross that bridge. When, well, we get when there. you do, let me know how it goes. 
<laughs> um, yeah, please do. Give you a call. Um, we'll podcast about it. Um, what, what advice would you give for college students who are wanting to, um, to go out and start acting? Uh, it's, you know, you have, you're going to have a lot of, a lot of eager ears, um, listening to this and, you know, I'm just there when I've, when I speak to them, they are so excited. They are so passionate about what they do. Um, and honestly, they're so put together and thoughtful and it feels so different. And I don't know if that's just your generation is different than my generation, but I, that they're so much stronger in standing up for themselves and standing up for their faith. And so, um, I, not so much me when I was in college. Um, and so that's really great. And I see them being really strong in that, but, um, but I know that they would love to hear from someone who is in New York city pursuing, pursuing her passions. What advice would you give to them? So I had a vocal injury, um, right before my showcase. And by the grace of God, I was able to get in Ann Arbor and in New York and sign with an agent and continue on to, you know, recover fully and continue to audition. However, that, um, that particular instance, uh, and experience in my life was really scary. Um, and it came along with, you know, family problems that we were facing. It came along with um, the end of a, uh, a relationship that was really formidable. Um, and so in that transition and, and the biggest move of my life. Right. And so that's, that transition was, was, was really difficult. Um, and while that transition was very difficult, it was, I think the best thing that could have happened to me because that particular experience um, helped me to disassociate my work from my identity um, as a person. Um, I, oh, there we go. Um, I was able to, um, through that experience, really reevaluate what made me special and unique and valuable um, and and ground myself in the knowledge that I am worthy because I am made in God's image, mm-hmm. right? Like I am worthy because in his eyes, I have a divine purpose. Um, and every experience I have is working toward um, the fulfillment of that divine purpose. Um, I am right exactly where God needs me to be right now sitting here in this house in Omaha, Nebraska. And I think that that is something that, that helped me through just the natural, you know, the natural rejection that you face on a day-to-day basis being an actor um, and pursuing a craft that can, also, that can oftentimes feel really, really thankless. Um, as long as you're, identity is in Christ and in your divine purpose 
and in, you know, the ways that God has made you special and individual and beautiful, then you'll be unshakable. It's just a matter of putting your identity in those things. Awesome. Thank you so much. And where can people find you? People can find me um, at my Instagram, grace underscore daily, I believe is what it is. I'm sure. Yeah, I'll I'll put it on there. (laughs) We'll find it in the show notes. Um, And then you can also find me on my website, which is gracedailybedalic.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much for doing this. That was fantastic. Laura, Laura, thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. I'll talk about my faith for days. Thank you.